Hello there. Yes, I know it's been a while. Again. <laughs> so I've been on the road, as you know. And, you know, it's, it's kind of difficult to find people to talk to. I know that's strange coming from me. I talk to everyone. But, uh, in fact, I'll clarify. It's kind of difficult finding people to talk to that speak English. There we go. <laughs> because it's, it's easy in places like Paris or something like that. But as if you've been following my Instagram, you know I haven't been to the big cities. I haven't been to places like that. So it's kind of difficult. This is me just trying to weasel my way out of not doing an episode for ages. <laughs> but yes. Anyway, so there is a new plan. As you will notice, it is Thursday. Usually our episodes are on Monday. And so I thought on Thursday we will do kind of a travel log. That's with a, with a U-E on the end, I believe. I don't actually know what that word means. I've just seen it, and I think it's the right word to use. So <laughs> kind of travel log of kind of what's going on with me with travel at the moment, but also I'm going to make it a little bit more interesting by giving them, giving them certain, I don't know, certain jobs, <laughs> which is a weird way of putting it. For example, today. Hi, by the way. Hi, it's good to be back. Hello. How are you? Good. Well, me? Oh, no, I'm all right. I'm okay. So today, we're going to go through Hayden's Lessons Learned the Hard Way. Now, this is part one because I know there'll be a part two. I know there'll be a part three. Even when I'm 75, 80, we'll be, we'll be on part 125, Lessons Learned the Hard Way, because how else do you learn lessons? Know what I mean? So these are lessons learned that, <laughs> that I've learned the hard I mean, I've been traveling... I've been traveling for years, so like everyone learns lessons as they go along, and I'm still learning these lessons. Some of these you you kind of hear before you go out on your first trip, and you think, ah, I'll learn that on the first I'm still learning these lessons, right? And this trip is, it's, I mean, it hasn't gone on that long. It's been, what, a month, two months, something like that? It's like, and this is going to go on for maybe a few years, this trip. So like, th there's quite a few lessons in these first few months. <laughs> You'll see what I mean. So shall we dive into the lessons learned the hard way? Part one. You know, I don't like a lot of fluff at the start, so let's just dive straight into it. Number one, these are in no particular order. In fact, the, the order that these are in are the order that they came into my head. So, number one, pack, <laughs> this seems so obvious, pack a first aid kit. Now, I know it seems so obvious, and luckily, I did. I actually packed two, because I had one, and then I needed one that needed to be certified by these motorbike people. So, pack a first aid kit. Now, where I, not where I learned this lesson, but where this came in handy and where I would have <laughs> drastically learned this lesson had I not had one. I was in somewhere in France, right? I was camping by a river, oh, by a lake, sorry, not a river. And it was, I, in fact, I've just remembered the place name. I can see it in my head, but I cannot for the life of me pronounce it. So it was kind of, kind of in the north of France, uh, north, mid to north, right? And so I was camping by this river and... I was fixing something on the bike. In fact, I was taking off some uh, some of those cable ties, right? And so I had this big old knife because, you know, and so <laughs> I'm using this big old knife on this cable tie. And then just, uh, I think something more must have caught my attention or something like that. And then boom, my, uh, my ring finger and my middle finger just sliced, man. Like they didn't come apart, strange way to put it. They, uh, the ends didn't come off, but it was, man, so deep. 
right? It's so deep. And it's one of those things where you don't really feel the pain because of the, the adrenaline's there, right? And so blood is just everywhere, man. It was everywhere. So sorry if you, oh yeah, by the way, if you're squeamish about blood, don't listen to the last 30 seconds you just listened to, right? So there's blood everywhere. And so immediately I'm just, you know, taking my jumper off and wrapping them up. And then I go immediately to my bike because I know exactly where my first aid kit is, right? I take it out. I get all this stuff. I'm trying to do it with one hand. It was, it was funny, but so I wrap up my fingers like as much as I possibly can, right? And then it just, the blood just soaks through, man. It just soaks through. And so uh, so I let it soak through a bit. And then I'm, I'm looking at my first aid kit thinking, what do I actually have in here? Because I didn't, I hadn't looked at it before this time. I'm like, no way, scissors. And, uh, and so then I get out these, these like plasters or band-aids as you call them in the States, right? And so I, I put a bit of a plaster on it and then I wrap it up some more. And then I I'm kind of do a half decent job, you know, it's uh, the blood's coming out less, you know, which is ideal. And so, uh, and so I figure that's okay. And so I make some uh, make some dinner, you know, by the by the lake. I'm loving it. Listen to this music, man. Embryonic Journey by Jefferson Airplane. Check it out, right? And uh, and then I just go to sleep because I figure, well, I don't figure anything. I'm not thinking about it. So I just I wrap my fingers up. I, I have some dinner. I go to sleep. Wake up in the morning. Blood everywhere. <laughs> it's just been it's just been coming out through the night. And I wake up and I'm, man, boy, am I groggy. You know, I'm like, I don't know how much blood I lost, but it was quite a bit. And, uh, and so, so I wake up, there's blood everywhere. I'm like, man, I should probably, yeah, I should probably go to the doctors or something. So, so I got on the bike and I went to the nearest town. I'm in the middle of nowhere, by the way. So I drive to the nearest town and I go to the doctor's. I walk in there. I show him my. Oh yeah! By this time, <laughs> I remember I put in some. Uh, I put in some twigs as, uh, as like splints to hold my fingers kind of in place. And so I walk into the doctor and I, ha- I hold my hand out to him, and it's these blood-soaked bandages with. Sorry about the blood, by the way. Blood-soaked bandages with like twigs in there. It looked ridiculous, and he just looks at it. He goes, ah. <laughs> And just takes me in the back. He takes off all my ridiculous bandages, looks at it, and goes, "Man." Like he's, he spoke English, but he didn't say man. I, I'm paraphrasing. He uh, he said, man, you need stitches. I'm like, ah, okay, okay. I didn't have stitches. That's my excuse, right? So he stitched me up and uh, sent me on my way. But I would have learned a pretty valuable lesson had I not had a first aid kit. So buy and pack a first aid kit. You never want to need it, but you might. Number two is keep fit or become and then maintain a level of fitness. So the reason this is number two is because this is the second thing that came to mind. That's the most ridiculous sentence I've ever said. It's a, it makes sense in the end. Though. It's the second thing that came to mind because it, it kind of comes on from this first one. Man, that was such a useless sentence. I ain't going to cut it out. I'm keeping it in there. So keep fit, right? So there's this time. It was just after that, maybe maybe four or five days after the the whole knife incident. And I was doing, um, if, if you're not aware, by the way, I'm traveling around the whole of Europe on my motorcycle, right? So I probably should have said that at the start. So I was doing a, uh, a U-turn in the road. It was a particularly small road. And on a motorcycle, the, the slow-moving U-turn or any slow-moving maneuver, that's, that's the... the most difficult thing you can do in a way like that's where you're more likely to go down you know and it was (laughs) 
it was icy as well. But I, for some reason, know no fear. And so, uh, so I attempted this U-turn. And so I'm there U-turning in the road. And the bike starts to go, right? And bear in mind, this is, it's not a light bike. It's what, like a quarter of a ton, something like that, like 250 kilos, I think. And so when it starts to go, there's a point at which you just have to let it go, right? Because otherwise it's going to suck. But man, she's my girl. I don't want to do that. So it's <laughs> it's going and it's going to the left, right? And I'm holding on to it. And I'm like, ah, and then it goes a little further. It goes a little further. And there's me holding on to it. And then as the handlebars turn as well, because I'm turning the handlebars to try and get the, the you know, maneuverability. And as I'm turning the handlebars, the <laughs> my ring finger that was cut was w- way worse than the, uh, than the middle finger. And as it's going and as I'm, as I'm trying to hold it up, I can feel the gash in my finger just splitting and, and all, all of the healing in the last four or five days just, just going and I can feel it splitting open. I'm like, ah, and in that moment it is all ab work. It's all core, man. And, uh, luckily I managed to keep the bike kind of semi up. I, I kept it up and then got it back up straight. And, but I completely ruined my finger. But in that moment, had I not maintained or had a level of fitness or strength to be able to hold that bike up, then, well, it's not so much of a bad end to the story, but the bike would have been on the floor and I wouldn't have been very happy. <sighs> there are many other reasons you should keep fit whilst on the road. I mean, someone tries to mug you. Well, I always say, if someone grabs my bag, if someone grabs something off me, you know I'm running after that guy. You know I'm shooting for a double leg takedown, you know? But if I didn't have my level of fitness, I wouldn't be able to do that. So keep fit whilst <laughs> traveling. The next one, number three, was also in France. So this is learn more of the language. Now, we always say, learn a bit of the language when you go there. Learn the numbers, learn hello, thank you, you know, all the things that you might need. But I think it's good to spend that extra, I don't know, week, two weeks? I mean, what's a week or two weeks learning a language? When it comes to how much you can learn, it's a lot. When it comes to that investment of time, it's not too much. Now, this <laughs> this kind of happened when I was uh, I was traveling down the road in France. I, again, I don't know where, middle of nowhere. But there was this guy on the side of the road, and he had a motorcycle as well. It was like a little, little kind of sporty one, and he had it all apart. And he was I can't remember what he was changing, but it was it was quite instru- in, intricate. There we go. It was quite intricate. And uh, and I stopped by the road because bikers we we you know that's what we do. We stop by the road to help other bikers, right, and other people. But he was there, and he was changing it, and. My French is not good. I can say numbers. I can say I can I can get by, right? But it's not good. It's not good in any way. So when it gets you know kind of complex, I'm good. I'm gone. That's me. Me done. You know. So he's by the side of the road, and I, you know, go up next to him. <laughs> and one of the things I say a lot in every language I speak is uh, it's like in French it would be ah c'est bon yeah it's good you know in Portuguese ah t'as bon. It's very similar. It's ah, oh, it's good. Uh, in English, ah, oh, it's all good. She'll be right, you know. That's Australian English, and so, <laughs> and so, armed with this French, armed with this linguistic um, kind of <laughs> uh, book I have in my brain with two words in, and a bit more. I uh, I stroll up and I go ah, I I think I can't just say it's good because I don't know if it's good. So, <laughs> genius that I am, I say, c'est bon. It's a question. Yeah, get it, right? So I go, c'est bon, point at the bike. 
And then he just, oh man, he goes off. He he's like, ah, we we la baguette. He just, man, he said everything. He said <laughs> he was going on for a while. And there's me standing there, like like nodding, just like I have no idea. Now I no idea what this guy is saying. No idea. <laughs> and uh, and then he stops, and I realize, oh, it's my turn to talk. And I don't. He. It seemed like everything was good. Like it seemed like he didn't need help. That's what I was getting from from what he was saying, right? And so I was just like, "Me sable," <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> and again, not even I, all I wanted was a yes or no answer, but he didn't. And so I said, "Sable, say me sable, sable." And then he nodded. I was like, "Yes, okay, good, good, good." So <laughs> I would have helped him if it wasn't bon, you know. <laughs> but I think that it was. But yeah, learning a little bit more of the language will get you out of those situations. And I, th I think there's something I find as well where there's this awkward bit where you've learned, <laughs> you've learned a little bit of it and you can start a conversation. You can maybe say something, say, say a sentence and, and get it off pretty well. But then <laughs> the thing you don't realize is they're going to say something back to you. And then you go, oh, no. <laughs> and so I remember, I think, it was in, I think it was in Indonesia. I learned, the, I learned a couple of phrases or a couple of sentences. One was, one was something about buying something. And then the other phrase I learned, which was invaluable, was <laughs> that sentence that I just said is the only one I know how to say. <laughs> and, then, and then I wanted to learn uh, the next bit, which was, oh, yeah, and that bit. And then that one could just go on indefinitely. But yeah, learn a bit more of the language. It, spend that week, spend that two weeks, because you never know. I mean, I could have been the guy on the side of the road, you know? I could have needed the help. So learn a bit more of the language. Invest that time. The next one, number four, is find your community. Sounds strange, I know. But so I noticed this kind of at two points really so when you're a motorcyclist right you and you're going along the along the road and you see another motorcyclist you <laughs> it changes in each country but you you do a nod you go i am a motorcyclist you are a motorcyclist i can see that you are a motorcyclist we are one and the same i will give you a nod sir well done congratulations welcome and it's it's just nice i realized that when i went to france it changed from a nod to a thumbs up. I was like, cool, yeah, I like that, I like that. And then when they pass you, they stick their leg out as if to say, hello, I like that too. And uh, in Spain, well, it depends. When you get into the, this is so boring, when you get into the, uh, into the cities, it changes a little because there's so many bikes there. You'd just, be, you'd just be nodding like one of those guys on the front of the car, you know? You'd just be nodding all the time. So it wouldn't work. So that is, that's an example of a community kind of not bound by location, by geographic location. The same can be said for if I'm riding in France, if I'm riding in Spain, and I see someone with a, with a United Kingdom number plate. Now, the places that I'm going, you don't see them a lot. So again, it's the same thing as the cities and the bikes. If I were in Paris, I'd be seeing it all the time. But if I see one, I give them a thumbs up. You know, I feel a kinship with them even though I, I don't, as you may know, I don't feel that much for my home country, but I feel a kinship for them. I am the same as you in some way. And I know that we are all the same in very many ways, but it's something different. It's, a, it's you're both strangers in a strange land or you're both motorcyclists or, and I would say to find that community, it could be you're both travelers, you're both hippies, you're both whatever it is. As soon as you have that kinship, that community, that feeling, 
that can elevate so much of your travel. I mean, it could even be a helping hand. If I'm on the side of the road and I'm a bike, exactly like I said before, the reason I stopped for that bloke was because he was on a bike. Now, admittedly, I would have stopped as well if he was in a car, but I can't speak for other bikers, you know? Like, because he's in my community, he's part of my family, I stopped, you know? And that's not to say that... It's not to be dismissive of other people not in that community because we all share one, some type of community, be it a biker, be it he's from the UK, be it he's a traveler, be it, you know what I mean? Be it they're European, <laughs> it, it doesn't, be it we're human. We're all part of the community and I do realize that. But having these little communities that you can belong to, it, it can really help. And it kind of, it opens the doors. And I think there are very, very many benefits that do come from that. So find your community. The next one, number five, is, now I couldn't think of a good name for this, but because it's a bit of a weird situation, but do a bit of research. And the reason I say a bit is because, you, as you guys may know, I don't like doing a lot of research on the places that I'm going, you know? I like to know a bit of the history because it's cool to see, oh, that cathedral, that guy lived there, you know? Not that people live in cathedrals, but it's, I like doing, I, I don't like doing a lot of research. However, there was a time there was a time on this journey where I was coming into a place called Le Mans, right? Le Mans, as you know, some people have called it. And then you silently laugh at them inside. And so, yeah, I was coming into Le Mans, right? I always said it myself then. And uh, I was pulling into a uh, petrol station. There you go, gas station, right? And I filled up and then I went back outside. And then I tried to turn on the bike and it wouldn't turn on. And I'm there like, okay, right, let's figure this out. I know it has fuel. I literally just put it in, right? It ain't turning on. And the immobilizer is still on. It's immobilizing itself. I press, I got a little fob, press the fob, fob didn't work. I'm like, ah, okay, okay. So immediately I thought, batteries in the fob, there you go. So I went into the gas station. Luckily they had the batteries. I went in, I put the battery in, didn't work. So I'm like, okay, okay, what's going on here? So I thought the fob's kind of probably, probably the fob's bossed, you know. That's such a Midlands English word. The fob's probably broken. There you go. Bit of a translation there. So, uh, so I, I'm, oh yeah, at this point, right, I, <laughs> I look at my phone. Phone is dead, right? Phone had just ran out of the battery, right? So I plug my phone into the, the bike. The bike's, it's all hooked up to the battery, right? So I plug my phone in. It's not charging, right? I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So I plug my phone into my, I've got a backup little battery kind of block thing that powers anything, it's amazing. So I plug it into that, doesn't charge. I'm like, what's going on here? You know, because the, the block wasn't keeping its charge. I'm like, what's going on? So luckily I had my laptop. So I took my laptop into the gas station, right? And uh, <laughs> I'm researching on there, you know, on how to, how to get around the immobilizer. But like, they make it hard because if you could easily get around the immobilizer, you could just steal people's bikes. So I'm trying to find how do I do this? And I'm thinking, man, because I've got a, um, an Airbnb waiting for me, right? Because uh, it was a long ride. I always get like a, either a hostel or an Airbnb after a long ride, right? So I'm there researching, right? Researching. And I'm there for maybe 20 minutes, half an hour, trying to f like trying different things, going back outside, trying, you know, click that, click that, and then do that, and then try that, turn the key. Nothing's working. Nothing's working. And then I'm scrolling through these, uh, through these responses, through this forum, right? And there's this one that says, uh, immobilized in France, right? And I'm like, man, that's me. So I click on it. I click on it. And uh, 
and it's like, guys, I'm I'm immobilized in France. My immobilizer won't work, and uh, it won't mobilize, and I don't know what to do. And then one guy says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're in France, in some places, there's some weird radio waves near, like, gas stations and near some certain pylons and stuff, and they stop the immobilizer from working. And I'm like, okay, this this could be me. And I read on, and he says, yeah, just shield shield your your uh, your fob while you're pressing it, and you'll be fine. So I go outside. I'm like, come on, I shield the fob. I put it right next to the bit that's it's supposed to you know transmit to. I press it, mobilized, <laughs> amazing. So awesome, right? <laughs> they think it's all over. <laughs> and so I realized then that. All of my, it was so weird, all of my cables, my phone cables, all died at that gas station. I think I had two or three. Every single, they all worked. Every single one of them died just from visiting that gas station. I think I was in the nether zone, man. It was so weird, right? And so I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I go, man, because obviously my phone didn't work. I'm like, dude, how do I get to this road? And the guy tells me, right? So I follow these instructions. I'm gone for about 10 minutes. I go, man, okay, these, uh, I don't know where I am. So I pull over. I'm like, let's get the laptop out because my phone ain't working, you know, so I've got no maps. Get my laptop out. <laughs> well, I try. Laptop ain't there. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no, it's at the gas station. So I ride all the way back to the gas station. Like, oh, no, please be there. Please be there. And so I go back into the gas station. It was there. I picked it up and then left, and it was a lot of fun. I was in the nether zone, and I... Uh, luckily left the nether zone so my advice there is to do a bit more research a bit more specific research say for example (laughs) for example you have an immobilizer on your bike say for example like something like that do a bit of research in france are there now now i've checked all the countries i'm going you know like is there anything weird about the immobilizer is there anything you know if you're using wi-fi in a certain area is it is it not going to get it in this area that i'm going certain specific research I would, uh, I would definitely recommend doing. Man, that was a rambling one. Let's go on to the next. Okay, I'll make this one quick. You guys know my my stance on this. If you've listened to any episodes of this before, because I always mention it. But number six is, do not make plans. <laughs> I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds weird. But here's a here's a short example of what I mean by this. So, I was in London actually, and I was heading to the the underwater train, the channel tunnel down in, you see the Dover of Folkestone, who cares? And so I'm getting there and I, I'm like, man, I should, I should book my train, right? I never book trains. I never book anything. I just turn up and go, right? Always. But I, for some reason I thought I should book this. So I booked it. And then I wake up in the morning in London. I get, I, my bike was parked uh, in the center of town. I was staying outside of town. So I'm getting into London. It takes me forever on the tube because it was like a Monday morning or something. And eventually I get to the bike and then I, uh, I'm looking at the clock on my watch and I'm like, man, <laughs> I have not got very long to get there. It starts raining. Obviously, it's London. So there's me with like, if I ride, <laughs> if I ride the speed limit, I'll be five to ten minutes late. Right. <laughs> and this train is going to leave sans me. So uh, I'm going like... <laughs> Don't tell the cops. I'm going like 80, 85 down this, uh, down this motorway, all the way down to Folkestone or wherever it is. And uh, man, the rain was horrendous, horrendous. So it was like, imagine this, imagine this. You're sitting in a chair, right? You're sitting in a chair. There's a big, one of those fans that like Slash has in front of him when he's playing a guitar solo. There's one of those right in front of you. And someone is just above the fan and they're slowly, they're slowly kind of pouring 
a bucket of water, you know, and it's going into the fan and that fan's just going on to you and you're trying to hold on to this chair, right? And <laughs> you also, and you can't see a thing. And you also know that if you make the slightest wrong movement, that's it. That's the you story over. So it was like that for two hours, something like that. Man, atrocious. And the only reason I was in that was because the, all I wanted to do was just pull over and go, nah, not going to happen. I'll wait. But I couldn't because I would have missed my train. That would have sucked. So, <laughs> so I made plans and that ruined my day. My plans ruined my day. Had I not, and that, this is the thing. I got there and I was talking to the bloke there because, you know, he liked the bike and I was talking to him about the bike. And then uh, I was like, I told him all about this. He was like, man, like, there's no one here. You could just turn up and you could just say, hey, give me a ticket. I was like, dude, don't say that. Just don't tell me that. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm also well aware that making plans sometimes is a good idea. I, however, have not found those times. Number seven. This one is fairly similar. So there's me in somewhere. <laughs> All of my stories tell her that. Okay, I was somewhere between Bordeaux and Toulouse, right? Kind of halfway between. And I was cold. Man, I was cold. And I was trying to outrun this storm. For the last four days, I was like a day ahead of the storm, right? It was a big storm. I could see it on the weather. And like I'd, I'd you know, go south one day and then still be a day ahead of it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm ch this storm is chasing me, man. So I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm cold. I'm done. I'm going down to Barcelona, right? And so, uh, and so I set off. After about... 10 minutes, it starts raining, right? It starts raining hard. And I don't know if, how many of you have been riding a motorcycle in the rain. It ain't fun. <laughs> it, it ain't good. It goes through everything. <laughs> like the, oh man. Okay, I'll get to that. But so I'm riding and it's raining and I was in the rain for about an hour and a half until I realized I'm going uphill. And so I'm like, oh no. And this is steadily uphill. I'm thinking, oh dear. Oh dear. And so... <laughs> that's when I realized that, oh no, I'm, I'm heading up the Pyrenees. <laughs> but I can't turn back. You, you can never turn back. I'm sure that's a song, right? So, <laughs> so I'm heading up these Pyrenees, these Pyrenees, right? Like there's more than one. And so uh, <laughs> I keep going higher and higher and higher and higher. And you know, when you see a picture of like the Pyrenees or any other mountain with uh, mount or mountain range and you get the the snow on the top. Yeah, I was like near that. I was seven or 8,000, I think 7,000 feet in the air. I think I saw a sign. So yeah, it was literally freezing. I was going to say it's freezing. It was literally freezing, right? So all of the water that I collected in my boots, because it collects, it was like maybe a good, a good inch or two of water in my boots. All of that was starting to freeze or trying to freeze, you know? So that was horrendous and it's oh man it was it was not a nice time i can't stress that enough <laughs> it's not a nice time whatsoever right luckily oh yeah this is the thing so i was i kept on going because i kept seeing the sign for spain via tunnel and i'm like ooh, tunnel it doesn't rain in tunnels tunnels are nice tunnels sometimes are warm right so i'm like keep seeing the sign tunnel yes tunnel come on tunnel and man I was, you have to keep yourself motivated. You have to keep yourself going. These are one of the, this is one of those times where you have to push through and you have to continue going because you know it's going to, you know that it will pass. I have a tattoo on my ribs of 
George Harrison, and it says underneath it, all things must pass, right? You know it will pass, and you have to just push on through. So I'm heading through this, and I'm talking to myself. I'm trying to keep my morale up, right? So <laughs> so I'm there kind of getting angry at the sign, but in a jokey way, I'm there singing songs to myself about how good it's going to be in Barcelona. Oh, man, what was the song? What was I remembered it the other day. What was it? Um, oh, yeah, that was it. So it was something about being in Barcelona, and it was like, it's going to be warm and it's going to be nice. I'm going to dry my clothes because right now they're like ice. <laughs> and that, I was just making myself laugh, man. I was just keeping on going. And I get to this tunnel. I get to this tunnel. I don't know how many of you have been through it. How long does it take? I know you're all, you're all saying it right now. Maybe two minutes. It's maybe a two-minute tunnel. After, all, after three hours riding in the rain, freezing, hating it, just praying for this tunnel, I go through it in two minutes <laughs> but i get through the other side and it's all downhill i get to the first shop i see i buy some new socks i put my boots on this radiator in this restaurant everyone's looking at me <laughs> with no no boots and no socks on everything is on this giant radiator i'm there drinking this coffee everyone's looking at me like i'm weird i'm like yeah that's right i made it <laughs> so i guess my advice for this one is check the weather <laughs> even if you think you're outrunning a storm Storms can sometimes go faster than motorcycles. Number, whatever number this is, seven, seven, eight. Number eight, have cash. <laughs> I think this is a life lesson, actually, have cash, but it helps in certain situations. But, however, please stop rambling. So this is just a little one. So I was in somewhere in France, <laughs> and, uh, and I go to this gas station petrol station i always get stuck on that because i call it a servo like in like in australia but no one knows what that means so i'm in this petrol station and i fill up and then i go into the uh into the place i put in my card it doesn't work so i'm like oh, okay no worries no worries i got my other card out all right the first one was visa second one's american express i'm like yeah let's do it and she goes no no, no we don't take american express I'm like, okay okay so i go to my bike i go into my bag and i get my other one which is a, it's a different visa from a different thing. So I, I get that. <laughs> Doesn't work. So I go, okay, no worries. I go back to my bike. <laughs> I get my other card, which is a, like a PayPal card. It's a MasterCard. Doesn't work. <laughs> I'm like, man, four cards. Come on. None of them work. So this is just a short one. So I have to make a, you know, a little one mile walk to, uh, to the nearest town. Go out, get some cash, come back. <laughs> And I said, look, uh, I'm going to have to go to town, you know, get some cash, and I'll be back. So I'll leave my bike here. It's all good. But then I thought, whilst I was walking back, why did I leave my bike? Why didn't I leave, my, like, my phone and my wallet, you know, apart from my card? Why, you know, <laughs> why didn't I take my method of transportation instead of leaving it? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But that's what happened. So always have cash on you because... As someone I used to know once said, cash is king. And I never really knew what that meant <laughs> until then. Number, whatever number follows the previous one. So separate your cards, cash, and all your money, right? So this one I'd learned before, so I was putting it into practice. You probably heard in the last one, my cards were all over the place. So in Barcelona, my wallet was taken from me <laughs> without my consent and so uh, luckily though i had but one card in there my main card that i use right so it was just the one card in there so all i had to do was just move the money via the magic of the internet into other places and there we go nothing <laughs> nothing came of it 
you know i like oh no my wallet's stolen it doesn't matter doesn't matter like i've got a new card on the way no issue no issue <laughs> you know what i mean it's stuff like that this is i mean this is a short one but this can really help, man. If, even if you've got two cards, that's all you need. All you need is two cards that can talk to each other online. You know, you can send money from one to the other. That's all you need. That's all you need because you can just hide one wherever, bottom of your bag, whatever. Put one in your wallet. If you have three, it's even better. You know, put it somewhere else. And then you sort it. As soon as one's gone, you just move it to the other account. Yeah, absolutely fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? So short one, but very important one. Have you guys noticed, by the way, that my my British accent is kind of almost back now? I spent <laughs> spent so long in the in the motherland that uh, yeah, my UK accent is coming. I've been hanging out with my brother too much. So anyway, number man, I should really actually say. Does anyone care what number it is? It's whatever number you know is after the previous one. So <laughs> this kind of goes on from having my <laughs> wallet stolen. So I was in Barcelona again, <laughs> and. I'd parked at the bike, and I was uh, I was with this girl that I'll get into uh, onto in the next point. And so, oh, by the way, the title of this one is "Don't Be Too Trusting." <laughs> I am far too trusting of of everything and everyone because I don't know. I ain't got time. Don't worry about it. So, <laughs> so uh, we're in Barcelona. We park up. We're in the middle. We're in like Plaza de Catalunya, which is like right in the middle, right? And I have this uh, this jacket. And it's leather. It's got all this uh, this protective stuff in it. It's Kevlar, you know, and stuff like that. You know, elbow pads, back pad. And so you can't fold it. So it won't go in any of this, the saddlebags. It won't go in the back, but it, it just won't go anywhere, right? And so uh, and so I just put it under the bike. You can still see it, but it's it's kind of under the bike. <laughs> and, uh, and this girl that I was with was like, she was like, man, like what? You can't put it that people are going to steal that. <laughs> I'm like, no, of course they ain't. Don't worry about it. It's all right. <laughs> you can see where this is going. We go out and then we come back an hour later. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> they had it, obviously. It was just, I mean, you could see it a mile off, right? So, uh, <laughs> so my advice, this is a lesson learned the hard way, I suppose, is don't be too trusting. And uh, I already knew, this is the thing, I already knew that Barcelona is like not the best place for uh, having things stolen. I think this was after I had my wallet stolen as well. So I do not learn, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, do not be too trusting. Don't feel so, I mean, it's weird to say don't feel so comfortable, but in a way, don't feel so comfortable, you know? Like some people do want your things. <laughs> and I know it sounds obvious, but for people like me, it, it ain't that obvious, you know. So don't be too trusting with yourself, with situations, with uh, your belongings. Even if it's, man, it sounds, I've, this is so not me. You know what I mean? This is a lesson I don't want to learn. Because I was going to say, even if it's people that you've met and you and you talk to and maybe you're in a hostile dorm and it's only the two of you there and you, you just leave your wallet on the side because, hey, I know this guy is Jeff. Maybe Jeff needs some money, you know? And I don't like saying this stuff. I don't. You know, like, <laughs> I don't want to live in that world. I don't want to believe that that world exists. But I think that sometimes, very on, on a very, very small occasion, I think sometimes it does exist. And it's those times where it does exist that you're going to lose out and you're going to learn this lesson. So there you go. A lesson I didn't want to learn, but it had to. Don't be too trusting. Finally, the final lesson learned. The hard way. Part one. <laughs> there will be more. So don't 
keep to yourself. Now, I am an introvert. Some of you also may be introverted. And I like to keep to myself, man. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I like to go out and meet people and talk to everyone, you know. But a lot of the time, I like to hang out by myself. You know, my my perfection is being by a river, being by a lake, just me and the bike and the tent, cooking up some food, listening to some old 70s music. You know what I mean? That's what I like. You know, I don't, I do like meeting people though, but I like to keep to myself. That's what I'm saying. So I was in Barcelona again, and this is tying into the last one, right? So, you know, the girl that I mentioned, right? I'm sitting there, I'm doing work, you know, on the laptop. And this girl comes over, she sits down next to me. There's like no one else in this place. I'm in this kind of lounge thing, right? And uh, she comes down, she sits down next to me. And she's doing something. She's like reading a magazine or something. And then uh, I look over and I just say, hey, how's it going? Although it was terrible Spanish. And I say, how's it going? And then we started talking, we started chatting. And uh, man, just from that, just from saying, hey, how's it going? But obviously in Spanish, I ain't going to do it on this, you know. All of my Spanish is with a Brazilian accent. It's horrendous. I can't do anything without a Brazilian accent. In fact, like I used to speak German. Now all of my German, Brazilian accent. I can't help it because my brain just goes, hey, this is the foreign language. Let's do it in a Brazilian accent. So anyway, what the hell was I saying? Right, so <laughs> I say, hey, how's it going? And from that, for the next, what, three days, something like that, until she went, she's now in Costa Rica. Hi, by the way, if you're listening to this, Sophia. I hope you're enjoying it, right? So, uh, so yeah, for the next three days, we just hung out. We biked into town. We kind of went all through. We saw everything in town. We saw the touristy things. Man, if you guys have seen my Instagram, at Backpack Digital, you've seen what we've seen, right? And we just had the best time. And all of that, we were talking about this as well, all of that was just down to me saying, hey, how's it going? You know, and this has happened to me so many times before. As I've said before, in when I was in Vietnam, in Hanoi, I said, like, I noticed this guy was speaking Portuguese. He was Brazilian, so I spoke to him. And then he mocked my Portuguese accent, my Brazilian accent at that time. And uh, and then he was like, man, I'm going to Halong Bay tomorrow or whatever, or in half an hour. It was some ridiculous amount of time. I was like, dude, don't take a bus. Let's go on. I had a motorbike then. I was like, let's go on the bike. And, you know, we spent three days in there, and then we came back to Hanoi, and we hung out there for a week. And then six months later, he invites me to New York, where he's living, and then I come back. Six months later, he invites me to Rio. And, and like, this lifelong friendship just started from me saying, hey, how's it going? <laughs> you know what I mean? This has happened so many times. That guy, by the way, season one, episode one, Alan Belling. Good guy, good guy. So don't keep to yourself. All you got to do it's not that hard. All you got to do is just go, hey, how's it going? <laughs> not like that. That was a bit creepy, but you know what I mean? So I hope you have enjoyed this first travel log. Please tell me if that's the correct word. I hope it is. <laughs> this was mistakes that I've made, lessons that I've learned the hard way. This won't be the, this won't be the last. I'm telling you, <laughs> this won't be the last. And I am, I am desperately trying to work on the uh, on the next season of Travel Stories podcast, it will be great. I'm having all these thoughts, man. Thoughts in my head, man, and it's going to be great. And so they will be airing on Monday, not this coming Monday. I'm ever so sorry. And these travel logs, I'm going to see. I don't like saying I'm going to do things. You know what I mean? So <laughs> these travel logs are going to be on Thursday because this is easy, man. This is easy. I don't have to find people that speak English that have something interesting to say. I know everyone has something interesting to say, but. Finding something, someone that speaks English is hard enough, right? So 
These are relatively easy to do, so I'm going to do one of these every Thursday, just tell you how it's going, what's going on. I'm going to try and try and give each one of them a theme like this one as well, try and impart a little bit of knowledge that I've gathered along the way, you know. And, uh, and yeah, so we'll see how that goes, because really it's just me chatting for a bit. And I was listening to some, some podcasts earlier, and I'm like, what do I like about these podcasts? And I thought, man, I like the people. It's, this is just a guy chatting about nothing, and I will listen to it all day long. So I hope that at least some of you guys feel the same about this. If you listened this far through, then uh, then maybe you do. So I really do appreciate that, and thank you for all of the questions that I've gotten. All of the uh, all of the you guys talking to me. There's what's the word for that? Correspondence. A bit weird, but yeah. <laughs> thank you for all of the messages and everything like that. I love talking to you guys, and if you guys do want to uh, see what's going on in my in my travels at the moment, like I said motorcycle around every country in mainland Europe, then follow me on Instagram at Backpack Digital. I do stories and uh, and I do pictures. That's kind of what you do on Instagram, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get up with the times here, guys. Trying to get up with the times. Right. I'm rambling. I'm going to cut this. <laughs> okay. It was good speaking to you guys. It's good to be back and I shall speak to you next week. <laughs>